This is episode 12 of season 5 of the Runner Girls podcast. On tonight's show, Katie will be sharing her recap of Run the Bluegrass. Hi, I'm Sue. I'm Megan. And I'm Katie, and this is Season 5 of Runner Girls, three women brought together by a love of running. Yes, brought together again after a couple weeks off of the show, and after each of us has run another half marathon, hopefully, (laughs) we'll find out. But summer is finally here, or spring. I guess it's it's spring here, technically. We've had weather in the 50s and 60s, and one day in the 80s, and tomorrow is going to be in the 80s, and I am just, I am so happy for sunshine and warm weather. It's been a rough couple weeks, though, because I had the stomach flu, and oh, I was in bed for four days and not keeping anything down, and after that, recovering but not really because I hadn't been sleeping and I've been working two jobs and I only just got my appetite back again like the past couple days so I've been pretty much eating everything in sight (laughs) but um but thankfully that's behind me my fourth illness of the year already (laughs) gosh Sue I'm so sorry but I'm glad to hear you're feeling better thanks how are you doing Katie how are things in Kentucky (laughs) It's Friday, so that's a plus. Nice. Yeah. The weather has been gorgeous here, too. And in fact, Sue, I thought about you earlier because, you know, we've been in the 80s for the past few days. And on my way home today, my car said it was 88. And tomorrow, we're supposed to have another record high into the 80s. And I thought, man, I really hope Sue still doesn't have snow. (laughs) (laughs) That would be awful. Um But the weather's been good. Today got off to a rough start. I have to get up early on Fridays anyway because I have a morning duty and I have to be at work earlier than the rest of the week. So I woke up earlier and I go to get in the shower and I didn't have any hot water. So I had to take a freezing cold shower to start my day. And because of that, of course, I was in and out in like two seconds. Um, But... Then I left for work, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to get there early. I'm going to get crap done. This is going to be great. (laughs) And as soon as I then make the turn to go onto the road to get to the high school, it's at a dead stop. There had been a really bad wreck, and the traffic was completely stopped. (laughs) So it took me about 25 minutes to get through that. Thankfully, I wasn't late, but I arrived at the exact minute that I was supposed to be on duty. So I just had to grab my stuff and run over to my post. And then the kids were crazy today and had to end up staying later, even after my afternoon duty for a kid to make a test. So yeah, it's just been a very chaotic day. But like I said, I'm glad it is Friday and I'm glad to be talking to you ladies. Awesome. Well, not awesome that you had such a rough day, but awesome that it's the weekend now. And so hopefully you'll be able to kick back a little bit this weekend. I keep forgetting that it's Friday because to me it feels like Sunday because I haven't had any work today, but I have work tomorrow because <laughs> I'm I'm doing pet sitting tomorrow and everybody's going on spring break here now. So everybody needs me to, uh, you know, watch their animals while they're gone. Sure. So, I keep forgetting that today is uh, Friday because it feels like the weekend. How are things going for you, Megan? Good. I'm finishing up my spring break. So that's been a nice break. And I'm house-sitting slash pet-sitting at my parents' house because they are enjoying their vacation in St. Thomas right now. And I'm really jealous. (laughs) (laughs) They keep posting pictures and it just looks beautiful. Oh. So. And then, um, yeah, I go back to school on Monday, and I'm just so excited. <laughs> I think that last bit was sarcasm. <laughs> A little bit, yes. I just am ready for the school year to end, and luckily we've got 60 days, 59, as my phone tells me. <laughs> so, And 23 days until Flying Pig, or maybe less now. Yes, see, until I get to see y'all girls, and that's really exciting. Mini vacation. So, 
Yes, I'm excited about that. It'll be nice to go to a place I've never been. Yeah, same here, actually. I've never been to Ohio. Been to Pennsylvania, not Ohio. They're close by, right? (laughs) Kind (laughs) of. Ohio probably has worse drivers. Sorry, Ohio listeners. Really? (laughs) Yeah. That's always like the running joke in the tri-state. Ohio has um, license plates on the front and the back of their car. So that that way when they rear-end you, you can see them. That isn't standard everywhere? No. Oh, okay. Well, I also have license plates in the front and back of my car. Oh, okay. (laughs) But I'm a very good driver. At least I like to think so. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, interesting. Did not know that. So are you girls ready to talk about what we've been doing for running? Yes. All right. All right. Well, I think we all probably have a little something to share. Megan, you have been recovering from your half marathon and you were going to ramp up your training for Flying Pig. How's that been going? It's been like a bomb that exploded as in not. I've not ramped up anything, which is fine. I am not upset about it. But last Friday, I did get two miles in with the dogs. And that was really nice. They run very differently, and it's hard. Katie, you probably know this. One, Luna, my uh, Pitbull boxer mix, she ran a 9.43 mile. We were great. We trucked along. She dragged me along a little bit, and it was fine. I took our rescue out. She's a lab mix, and she did a 12-minute mile. (laughs) (laughs) She's right my pace. (laughs) I was like, she wanted to stop and sniff everything. She was Mm -hmm. pulling me to go over, like, attack stuff. And so we're, like, just kind of limping along because she's got to sniff the whole road. And she's going slow to sniff everything. I'm like, what are you doing, dog? Like, we are here to run. And then she just got slower and slower. We walked a lot because she just, you know, was like, nah. But it's funny because you set her free in a yard and she will run. Like at my parents' house, I have a big backyard. And she'll just run in circles around the whole yard fast. (laughs) I put her on a leash and she doesn't even know what to do with herself. (laughs) So that was really interesting. And then Monday, I got out and did just over three miles with some girls who were recovering from injury. So it was a walk-run, kind of speed-worky walk-run because we'd run pretty fast and then walk a little bit and then run and then walk. And that was nice. And then we went to Charleston for a couple days, and I did not run while we were in Charleston. I kind of took a vacation, and then I just haven't run since. But that's okay. So I've got 11 miles scheduled for tomorrow. Wow. If I have to walk some, I will. It'll be okay. You'd probably be fine if you took it easy. Yeah, like I'm not racing it or anything. Plus, we're starting in downtown Greensboro, and I already know that's got a ton of hills. So I'm just going to be ready. Awesome. And so what? any plans for this coming week? Run. I had a, I have a plan. Like, I'll do speed work Monday, and then I might do a tempo run Wednesday and do an easy run on Thursday, and then do a long run on Saturday. That's really my goal to happen, because I'll be back in a routine being back at school. Yeah. So, hopefully that'll happen. But, you know. I think it's good to take a little break from from training, because you trained really hard for your half, and, and you did really well, and, and knowing that you're going to be training for another marathon through the summer like I think it's really good to just take it easy right now yeah but I gotta keep up with somebody in a half (laughs) half maybe we'll see (laughs) well at least for any length of time otherwise I'll be left behind no never (laughs) but um so that's my goal just to get through flying pig and then base and then marathon train sounds good all right. Well, um, I kind of have a lot to go over, even with dealing with stomach flu. I got quite a bit of running done. Twelve days ago, I ran my long run of 16 miles, and this was uh, it was it was rough. 
you know, I went from running a half marathon the week before to going up to 16 and um, my quads have been pretty tight from the downhill training. So I had to stop and stretch a few times during the run. So it was definitely difficult, but I was able to keep a consistent pace and it ended up being one of my fastest of my really, really long runs. So it ended up averaging under 11 minute miles, which I thought was awesome. The next Monday, I took a recovery run, and on Tuesday, I did speed work of 8 by 600s which went well. It was just, it was really hot, and by really hot, I mean 60 degrees and sunny, <laughs> but, you know, really hot for me, so it just felt really tough, and then the next day, I came down with the stomach flu, so I didn't run from Wednesday to Saturday. I think on... Friday maybe or Saturday I tried to run and got a, like a mile and it was not good <laughs> um, but I was recovered enough on Sunday that I decided to go out and do the Reds race five mile road race which I haven't done in a couple of years but it's um, you know there are two five mile races around here that I like doing the strawberry festival race because it's my regular running loop and then reds race because i actually like the course better than um the strawberry loop the last mile is all downhill so i was really looking forward to running that one again i had hoped to do a 10 mile long run that weekend but i didn't feel like i was in i just really didn't feel up to doing a five mile warm-up before my five mile race so i ended up doing about three miles before the race nice and easy and that was fine and then during the race, I think I got a little overzealous because the first mile was kind of a long, gradual, slight uphill. Um, so I was pretty conservative on the first mile. But the next couple of miles were like relatively downhill and I just kicked it up and I ran like one of them was like 929 or something. Um, and I still had like four, three or four miles <laughs> to go. So I was like, I better slow down. And then the next couple miles were uphill. And so they were more challenging. And one of them was like over 10 minutes or whatever. But my last mile was around nine minutes because uh, it, like I said, it was all downhill and I just, you know, booked it or as much as I had the energy to run as fast as I could. But I ended up running a PR of 48.22, which my previous best five mile time was like 49 something. So I was really happy with that. I knew that, you know, I'm in better shape than I have been over the past year and I expected to do pretty well. I think I could have done better if I wasn't sick, <laughs> but, um, but I'll take that. I'll take a PR. I haven't had a PR in a long time. Um, and so after that, on Monday, I had a rest day. And then Tuesday, I did a speed work of six by 800s. And let's see, Wednesday was a recovery run or an easy run of five miles. That one felt really good. And I noticed that my easy pace has come down now, which is awesome, like... I, I can really tell that my fitness is improving because my all of my training paces are faster than what they were before. So I just need it to show up in races. <laughs> um, and then, let's see, Thursday was nine miles at marathon pace. I did one mile warm-up and then over nine miles average 10.01. So pretty dang close to 10 minutes. And then today was a rest day. This weekend... I'll probably do an easy run tomorrow, and I'm thinking 16 miles on Sunday. So, pretty good, I think. I've been doing better at getting all my workouts in and getting some easy runs in there, and even with the, um, even with taking a few days off from the stomach flu, I think I, I still did pretty well. So, um, next week the plan is... Speed work on Tuesday, five by one kilometer, and Thursday, another nine miles at marathon pace, and then Sunday, a long run of 10 miles with some easy runs in there as well. So um, next weekend, there is a half marathon that's brand new this year called the Portsmouth Half Marathon. I'm thinking that I might do it, but on the other hand, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure that I can pull out a 210 or less right now 
But on the other hand, I don't know if I want to do another race right now. I just, I, I want it to know like where I'm at fitness wise, but on the other hand, I don't really want to race. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, and it will also depend on if I have the money. So that's where I'm at. Um, still not sure what's going to happen with Sugarloaf. <laughs> there are 92 people ahead of me on the waiting list, and the waiting list closes on May 1st. So it's not looking good, but the, I do think that there might be quite a big drop after Monday, because Monday is the Boston Marathon, and there's a lot of people who run Sugarloaf that also run Boston, because it's a huge Boston qualifying race. So um, so I'm going to see what happens after um, Monday, see how the waiting list looks. If it still looks like pretty steep, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to sign up for the full marathon at Flying Pig and do that as my marathon instead, which makes me nervous because that would make this my peak, <laughs> my peak training week and it's taper after this week, basically. So I don't know if well, I'm... What? Maybe you could adjust from PR to finishing. Um, <laughs> it's Sue. Come on now. Let's be realistic. I liked like the five seconds of silence. Uh-huh. <laughs> How do I answer this without... Um... Well, what I was planning on doing at Sugarloaf was aiming for 430 and under. I've been training at 10 minute miles, which would put me at a 420 and still give me like a 10 minute buffer. Um, And so I was thinking that because Flying Pig is a tougher course, I would aim for maybe like 435 (laughs) because then it would still be, it would still be my fastest marathon time because my fastest is like 437. And, and maybe that's still too ambitious. <laughs> but uh, I've looked at the course. And I think if I pace myself right, I, I, think, I, could, I think I could PR. I hope. A 435 is a 1030 pace. I'd be going 30 seconds slower than what you've been training at. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like if I aim for for the first 10 miles, the first 10 miles is where it's really uh, challenging, right? Because you got the the huge hills from like, what is it, mile five to eight or something or nine? Let me look at the thing again. Well, I think if I run like ten thirties through that part, that section of the race, and then after that, when it starts to become easier and like flattens out a bit, I can pick it up to ten minute miles. And I think I won't hit a four thirty time, but I will. De- I I think it's pretty good that I could PR, but. It also depends on the heat <laughs> and if I've trained enough. <laughs> it, it's less training time, which I, I, I've done it before, so I could probably do it again. I don't know. We'll see. Well, yeah, after about mile eight, it's pretty much downhill. There's two sharpish hills, but yep. they don't go that long. Yep. And then it's kind of rolling hills and downhill. Yep. It's actually... I mean, it's not as it's not as fast a course of sugar lo- as Sugarloaf, but it's comparable. Like the first half of the the race is very similar in like the incline, so I just won't have as steep a descent <laughs> as I would at Sugarloaf, unfortunately. But I think, um, yeah, I think I could do pretty well. I have to delude myself into it, otherwise I wouldn't want to do it. I think <laughs> so. No, I really think you can do it. I mean, I'm not worried about you doing it and doing well. I just don't want you to set high expectations and then be mad. Right. No, I'm. I'm very definitely very in a, analytical about the course, and I don't think I. I. I, I mean, I'm. I don't know. I'll probably blow up. <laughs> anyway, so that's what I've been thinking about. Oh, and then the other the other alternative, which I had been thinking of before I thought of the flying pig idea, was if I don't get into Sugarloaf, instead of doing a marathon the following week, there was a 50k. So if I'm marathon trained, I'm pretty sure I can run a 50K. So it would be cool to run my first ultra. So that's another option. And maybe I'll end up doing both. Who knows? (laughs) So that's... What? (laughs) (laughs) What? I I don't have anything to say. Okay. I do, but I don't. There's no... (laughs) 
All right, then, why don't we find out what Katie has been up to? Katie, you were tapering going into Run the Bluegrass. <laughs> I was, yes. Did you get any running in before the race? No, I did okay. not. Because we talked, I think, like the Two night days before, before the race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, why don't we move along to the race recap then? All right. All right, Katie, tell us about your fifth Run the Bluegrass. All right. The day before we recorded the last episode, of course, I had already gone to pick up my bib, pick up my five-year streaker award. Um, as always, the expo was super well organized. I cannot stress enough how amazing the race director, his name is Eric Marr, and just the organization of this entire race it's stellar. It's absolutely stellar. And I think between the three of us, we've done a lot of races, mm. you know, so you know how awful kind of the whole racing experience can be when either the expo is poorly planned or the traffic is poorly planned or whatever, you know, the preparation really sets the stage for every race, especially if it's a destination race that you're traveling for. This year, thankfully, I didn't have to travel for Run the Bluegrass. It's right in my backyard now, but you know, it was something that I would look forward to every year. And every year, they have absolutely not only upped my expectations, but exceeded them. It is so, 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 so well put on. And I can't recommend enough if this is a race that you are thinking about doing, do it. Come check it out. They really made it into a full experience rather than just a race because that entire week leading up to it, of course, I'm working, so I can't do all of that stuff. But if it is a destination race for you and you can come in and visit, they have tours of the local horse farms, of the distilleries. They do like tastings and pairings of dinners and bourbons and just really, really amazing how much mm. they've done. And so it is my favorite race for a reason. Even though those hills are no joke, it is such a beautiful course, so well organized, so everything. I just feel like I'm gushing about this race right now. And and to be honest, I have sat down several times to type up a letter, an email to the race director just to let him know, like, hey, kudos. I'm, I'm sure what you do cannot be easy, but coming from someone who has run several half marathons and, you know, does podcasts with two other girls who have run several half marathons, marathons, and numerous other distance races, this is a job well done. So the expo was no exception. Go and got everything. And I had posted a picture, of course, to our Facebook page of the five-year streaker awards, which were individual shot glasses for each of the five years previous. I'm sorry, each of the four years previous and then one shot glass for this year. And each one either had the logo or the colors of the that year's race or the horse that they had chosen to represent that year, year's race. Because what they do is they pick a farm and a horse to kind of give the color, the theme, the metal, really, you know, what they focus on every year. This year was really kind of cool because the horse they picked was Lexington which the city is named for. And so everything was in blue, which was his colors, the, the farm's colors. And then after the expo, of course, I came home, got to bed eh, early-ish, I guess, that night. Woke up, had my coffee, had my bagel, got ready to go. It was a little chilly that morning. wasn't too terribly bad. I had on leggings. And then a short sleeve tech shirt and a long sleeved quarter zip tech shirt. And then, of course, just like a bondy band over my ears, which not only helps to hold back the hair, but of course it, it covers your ears a little bit, especially mm -hmm. when it's kind of windy outside. So I knew from years past that sometimes traffic can back up a little bit getting off of almost like a loop around the city. We call it New Circle Road. 
really cleverly named, I know, circle. Um, but it sometimes backs up when you're coming off of the exit heading toward Keeneland. And Keeneland is the horse race track at which Run the Bluegrass is held. So traffic was backing up. But lucky me, I wasn't coming in the direction that most other people were coming from because they're all staying at the hotels and where I live here now, I was coming from the opposite end. So I didn't really have to wait in much traffic nice. to turn into the racetrack. Yeah, got a parking spot right in front of the clubhouse, which never happens. I'm always parked in like BFE out on some hill and then I can never find my car at the end of the race. <laughs> but this time I was like front and center. Um Set in my car, actually, for probably another 30 minutes because it was cold outside and I didn't want to stand around outside in the cold. <laughs> and there was just a very slight chance of rain that morning, like 10%. Wouldn't you know, when I turned into Keeneland, it started to sprinkle. And it was just a very light sprinkle, almost like mist. But still, you don't want to stand outside in the cold and be getting wet before you got to run. So I waited until about... 8.35, um, because, of course, the race started at 9, and they asked that everyone be in their corrals by 8.45. So I walked over to the starting line and worked my way back to my corral. I was starting in the fifth corral, which, of course, is based on estimated finish time that you fill out when you register for the race. And I believe they had seven or eight corrals total this year and from the very same start line they did all of the series of races that morning so it kicked off with a short race that they call the yearling um, it's actually just a little longer than a 5k it's like a 5k and a furlong maybe uh, which is you know a distance on the track for the <laughs> horses so they really try to incorporate that theme through everything they do and then of course the seven miler and the half marathon start at the same time you start in the same crowds you start together so that's why I was really like you know what don't worry about it just see how you're feeling get out there and when the split happens go whichever way you need to go so they're playing the music, they're pumping everybody up. So many people run the race multiple years and you can overhear their discussion, you know, while we're waiting in the corral. And finally, we get up to the start line. Thankfully, the mist had kind of subsided by that point. So it's not like you were drenched or anything, but, you know, a little chilly. Um <laughs> God. They do all of the photographs for free at this race. Was it was another amazing awesome, you know bonus yeah. that they throw you you can download as many as you want totally for free not watermarked or anything like that you know so totally free for your use and the start line um, I'm looking okay like I'm actually looking ahead and running and all that stuff but I've got my sleeves like pulled down over my hands and my quarter zip zipped all the way up under my chin so I looked <laughs> a little chilly um, and it did warm up a bit by the end of the race but never too warm for me to take off that quarter zip so i was i was happy with my wardrobe selections i guess for, <laughs> for run the bluegrass this year it was just right just unzip it and then you were good to go so cross the start line it's really crowded of course at the start because the race has grown every year and you're kind of waiting for people to start spreading out. You run the first mile really through the grounds of Keeneland, which again is the race course, racetrack. And then you get out onto some of the scenic byways and highways that run around Keeneland. Old Frankfurt Pike is the name of one of them. And as you're running through these areas, of course, it's very hilly up and down, up and down, up and down. And it's not a gradual climb a plateau and a gradual decline it really is the entire time you go up you come right back down you go up you come right back down so there's not a whole lot of straight stretch once you get outside the racetrack especially so people start to space out a little bit I'm feeling okay not great but okay <laughs> you know starting to feel that that breathing a little bit labored and then just after mile two is where you get your first big hill and of course I walk up the hill just like I discussed in our previous show my, my game plan really was to 
walk the uphills, run the downhills and whatever straight stretches I could find. So I'm walking up the hill. And when I get to the top of it, I start having what feels like that exercise-induced asthma again. And I hadn't had that in so long. Now, granted, I hadn't done a whole lot of running, mm-hmm. right? But it's where that you almost can't catch your breath. Your tongue almost feels too big for your mouth. Like you just can't get your air. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, I've got to slow down because I don't have an inhaler anymore. I haven't you know, gone to see a doctor about it here in Lexington. I don't have a current prescription for anything. So I need to chill out for a minute. <laughs> you know, I don't want to end up on the side of the road. So calm down, take your time, catch your breath. You can pick up when you feel better. So, um, I don't know, probably walked for another five-ish minutes, maybe, just to make sure that I was really going to be okay. I wasn't going to have any kind of major breathing issues. Thankfully, it did subside, but it never truly, like, went away, Um, especially on the uphill climbs, you know, because I almost feel like once it's there, until you're done running, it kind of lingers, yeah, especially if you don't use your inhaler, it does. Right, yeah, because you have nothing to, to help open your airways. When you did use an inhaler, was it an albuterol rescue inhaler? Yes. Okay. Because, and here's the thing, it was the rescue inhaler, but she told me to take it about 30 minutes Before. prior to exercise, yeah. right? And then, of course, if you needed it while you were running, you had it on you. Right. Um. So I know I got to find a doctor. I got to do all that great stuff again, but just hadn't by this point. And like I said, I hadn't really felt like that in such a long time. It wasn't at the forefront of my mind going into this. I find that when it's really humid, like raining (laughs) for me, that triggers it. Mm. Almost always triggers my asthma. Well, see, that was almost (laughs) those conditions. It wasn't super rainy. Like I said, it was misting, but still that moisture in the air and and with it being really foggy and stuff, the air was really thick. So that very well could have played a part in it. But like I said, once I walked for about another five minutes, then I kind of at least got enough of my breathing under control to where I felt like I could pick back up and run some more. So that's what I did all the way until mile just after mile four, I believe is where the split is. And that's where I started like panicking, like, what do I do? What do I do? Like I want so badly to run the full, but well, not the full, the half marathon, but at the same time with having that breathing issue pop up already and, you know, not having trained for this, I kind of thought that doing the seven-mile option would be better. Mm. Uh, I can be very hard-headed if you haven't picked up on this by now. (laughs) So it was a really tough decision for me to make. And in fact, at one point after I took the split, I like stopped for a second because there was a water stop right there. So you kind of had a minute to gather your thoughts. But I stopped and then I like turned around to walk back the other way to second (laughs) guess myself. Like, no, no, you need to do this one. Um, I ended up choosing the seven mile route because, again, I think just with the breathing issue, not having trained, my lack of time for preparation going into this, just everything combined made that the smarter decision Mm. for me. It was really hard. Like I said, I second guessed myself and I really struggled with it for probably the next 15 or 20 minutes. Just like, oh, you know, what are you doing? Like, why did you choose this route? You should totally just suck it up and do the the half marathon instead. But then I just had to kind of stop myself, stop those thoughts and say, you know what? You should be damn proud that you're out here doing these seven miles Mm -hmm. at all because you have had a really stressful year. Yes, you're glad that you're moved. And yes, you're glad that you're back in Kentucky. But with all the crap (laughs) kind of that you've had to deal with this year, you should be glad that you're out here doing this and you should be proud of yourself for even getting up and doing these seven miles on these hills knowing what this track looks like and this course looks like you know I I had to deal with Sophie's death death when I first moved and that's been really hard Mm -hmm. and then just you know a lot more kind of unplanned for expenses that have popped up and uh, the workload being much much heavier than I anticipated or even thought I could 
think of having, you know, after having taught for five years, I never thought it would be so different just to teach in a different state. It's just been tough to find time to do anything, let alone find time to train for a half marathon. So I said, stop feeling sorry for yourself, get it together, finish and enjoy these seven miles and be proud that you did it. So I kind of had to have a little come to Jesus talk with myself, but I felt much better after that. And honestly, the race course starts to get just absolutely beautiful once you make that split. I was going to ask, like, you hadn't seen the course from the split off before, right? So was it like running a, a new race almost? The split, where you split, it's very, very short until you just connect back out to where you rejoin the half marathon. Oh, so it's just like cutting off a part of the half course. Exactly. Yeah. So really just kind of that little straight stretch connector was the only part that I hadn't seen before. Uh, And then you go back out to rejoin the half marathon route um, and come back in. So that second half of the half marathon course, and then, of course, really the second half of the seven mile course, it's just absolutely beautiful, you know, seeing all of the rolling hills and the huge farms. And again, they have all the horses out there and they're running with you, you know, by the fences. Again, everybody running up to the fence and taking their selfies Mm -hmm. with the horses. And while it wasn't some beautiful sunny day, it was still like comfortable temperatures of course once you're running um the rain had subsided so just i'm always blown away by how beautiful those back roads are and you know just looking around and enjoying that again walking when i needed to walk up those hills running when i felt like i could run passing several people that were either running like in the full fireman get up um (laughs) there was one lady doing the seven miler on a cane there was uh, one guy doing it with one leg in a prosthesis. I mean, just absolutely incredible what people can do. And while it might be tough for us, you know, to go up and down all those hills, you've got to try to imagine what it's like for them. And if they can do it, then you can absolutely do it. And, you know, so always inspiring, I guess, for me to do run mm. the bluegrass as well. And the good part about choosing the seven miler instead of the half marathon is that dreaded S curve that I talk about every year. That's like the hairpin straight up in the air at my, like just before mile 10 where you're like, this has got to be a joke, right? This is an evil joke. You still, after we've gone up and down for two, well me for two hours now, you're going to stick this massive thing right here. I got to miss that this year. So (laughs) wasn't wasn't too terribly upset about that. Uh, And of course I had my Fitbit on while I was doing this, which tracks, you know, the flights of stairs that you climb. Uh, And while it's probably not 100% accurate, it does convert the elevation changes to flights of stairs. And I thought this was really interesting this year with doing the, seven miler it was equivalent to doing 46 flights of stairs whoa last year the half marathon that's equivalent to 148 flights of stairs wow (laughs) yeah so you can understand how the second half is much much hillier you know you've you've got almost what is it about two-thirds more hills in the second half if Mm. the first seven miles had 46 and the total half marathon had 148. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, so really, really hilly, but with having or getting to kind of chop out some of those horrible ones, I I was doing okay. Could definitely feel it in my quads and my hamstrings, of course, even though the runs that I had done at the Arboretum do have hills, the one downtown really didn't. And again, just not a whole lot of time to go out on train on yeah. a whole bunch of hills like I would encounter and did encounter on Run the Bluegrass. So I was feeling it for sure. Nothing hurting, nothing feeling like pain that wasn't to be expected. You know, uh, I did use my KT tape before the race just to make sure that I wouldn't have any knee issues. And I'm telling you, that stuff is magic. It's made out of unicorns and rainbows because my knees never give me any issues when I use that KT tape. But if I don't use it, I can kind of feel that little niggle where you're like, oh, there's something there. 
but you use the KT tape and it's good to go. So my knees weren't really bothering me, just feeling that muscle fatigue, Mm. you know, really starting to set in by the end of the race. And the very end of the race, you come around a barn. You really almost do a probably like a three quarters turn coming in and then around this barn. And then it's a straight stretch to the finishing chute. And I don't know, it's maybe maybe a quarter mile, maybe a little less, maybe just two tenths of a mile. But of course, just so many people out there, while you don't have a ton of course support of spectators out and about on all of the hills, which you can't blame them, who would want to hike up a hill just to watch people run by you? The scenery, of course, is encouraging. And there's plenty of course support in the form of water stops. And porta potties and just the whole nine yards. It's always really well stocked. Again, going back to how well they organize this thing. So coming down that straight stretch into the finishing chute, ton of people out there ringing their cowbells, you know, encouraging, yelling, holding up the signs, whole families waiting for their family members to finish. Lots of dogs because, of course, Keeneland is really dog friendly and they always want people to bring them and have them walk around. In fact, there was one lady who finished just behind me. She was doing the half marathon and she's actually a half fanatic. So you girls might have seen this picture online as well. Her husband was waiting with her Great Dane, and when the lady got close to the very end, the finishing shoot, the Great Dane always runs the finishing shoot with her. <laughs> I was like, oh, Maddie, I want to bring Maddie. <laughs> but um, it, was, it was just great, and I ended up high-fiving because the race director was out there dancing and high-fiving every single finisher that came across that line. So I high-five him as I come across the finishing line, and I ended up finishing the seven-miler. Trying to open up my text message here so I get that alert, and I can give you the exact time. Finished the seven-miler in one hour, 49 49 minutes and 41 seconds. So if you kind of use that judgment to figure out then what I would have completed the half marathon in, it would have been over that three hour and 30 minute timeline Mm -hmm. or time limit. And of course, they're going to be a little lenient, I'm sure. But you never want to be that person going into it where you know you're not going to finish in the time limit and still be like, oh, well, screw it. They can wait for me. Right, yeah. And with the second half being much more hilly than the first half of the course, you know, I know I would have run the second half in a greater amount of time Hmm. than the first half. So I know I made the right decision while it was really hard (laughs) in that moment to decide to say, no, you're not ready for this. You're not trained for this. You need to do the seven miler. I know in the end, it was the right choice to make. And let me just tell you, Finishing Run the Bluegrass now in around two hours. It's amazing how much crap they have everywhere in a good way. Like you get this whole bag from Costco that's got like chips and fruit snacks and a granola bar and a water bottle, everything because Costco is one of the big sponsors. So Mm -hmm. they're all in this ready-made bag. They hand you the bag. You know, it's the tables are stocked with fruits and bagels and water again, chocolate milk. But the best finish line treat was donuts. (laughs) there is a little bakery it's burke's bakery in danville kentucky they specially you know prepared all of these donuts for the race this year as they were one of the sponsors girls that was the most amazing donut i have ever eaten in my life what kind of donut was it it was so good it was just like a regular like old-fashioned glazed donut you know what i mean so it was like a thick consistency like oh my god it was so You're making me hungry now. I'm having some chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. But then they also had like grills and pizza. Like you got a free slice of pizza. You got a free glass of beer. You got two free sliders, like beef sliders being grilled right there on premises. They had a band set up. They have the starting gate from Keeneland kind of wheeled up there toward the finish line. So that's where a lot of people climb up, you know, and get their picture made there in the post, like with the numbers and everything up. And I was just like, oh, so this is what it's like to finish a race early and have 
all of this to choose from. <laughs> wow. Because, <laughs> you know, usually I'm bringing up the rear and, and pickings are a little slim by the time I get there. But it was just awesome. And I'm so glad that I did it, even if it wasn't the distance that I had originally intended. I'm glad that I got to do Run the Bluegrass another year. Yeah. And again, I can't sing its praises enough. They're not paying me anything for this. I promise. (laughs) That amazing of a race. And and I say it all the time, but the more people that want to join me in this next year, please, the more the merrier. Because I think it's races like that that you should really try to support. You know, you get to do a lot of local-ish races at least, Sue. And I'm sure Mm. you feel the same way about some of those. It's just like, those are the ones you really want to see succeed and grow throughout the years, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that was my Run the Bluegrass for 2017. Awesome. Katie, I don't think anybody would fault you for choosing the seven mile option, considering everything that you've gone through and, and how little time you've had, you know, to, to actually get out there and run before your race. Honestly, I'm shocked you even like showed up to do it in the first place. I was like, wow, (laughs) she's determined. (laughs) Well, thank you. I, uh, like I said, it's my favorite race and There have been many a time where I've showed up not being as well prepared as I should have been, but I always kind of like will myself to do it. And and this year, even the will, I don't think would have been quite enough for me to finish the 13.1 miles without really like struggling and hurting myself possibly even you know Mm. so again just super glad that I got to go out there and do the seven miler. Awesome well great job Katie great job pushing through those those seven miles it sounds brutal but beautiful. It is it's absolutely gorgeous and and thank you all I'm glad that I could share it with you. So what are you how is your recovery are you feeling good now? Oh, I'm feeling great now. Um, It was the first Saturday of my spring break. Uh, April 1st was the date of the race. So I got to do that. And then the next day I headed down to South Carolina and spent the first few days with one of my friends in Columbia and then headed over to the beach and on down the coast. And those first few days... They were a little, little tender, <laughs> uh, especially, you know, spending about five and a half hours in the car getting down there on Sunday. I'm sure it didn't help the situation, but going up and down stairs, sitting down on the toilet, all of that stuff, you really felt it like, oh, yeah, I did do those seven months. Yeah, you did. So I assume you're just going to take it easy and focus on on school for the remainder of the school year? Yes, we have four weeks of class left, and then we have the final finals week, and then we just kind of have to hang out for a week until graduation. Their graduation isn't until a full week after their last day, which is silly, but they did that, I think, anticipating that we would have had a lot more winter weather and Mm -hmm. snow cancellations than we did this year. Which we didn't, and I'm super happy about that, but that kind of threw off the end of the school year's calendar and made it a little wonky. But yeah, just pushing through these last four weeks of class and then finals week and then being done. Hallelujah. There is a 5K that one of the school organizations is sponsoring at the end of April. And of course, they all know that I like to run. So they're trying to talk me into that. But I'm just going to have to kind of see what my checking account looks like at that point. Because unfortunately, race registration isn't free. (laughs) Right. Um, But might throw that in there. Uh, But you're right. Other than that, it's just kind of enjoying the end of the year. Nice. Well, hopefully those last four weeks go smoothly for you. And that's great that you have summer break coming up already like I can't believe that we had so much so many snow days they were originally saying that the kids were going to be in school until like June 21st or something like that um oh no 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 (laughs) but now it turns out um they do um they have a late start day once a week on Thursdays. They go in like two hours later than normal. So I think what they're going to do is they're just going to extend those late start days to normal time so that we can get out. I think they'll get out like June 15th or 16th or something like that instead. Oh, that's not so, too bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's about what, what they normally do. So. Okay. But I was like, wow, June 21st. That's a long, <laughs> that's a long time to still be in school. Yeah, that's a month after we are done. Yeah. 
All right. Well, great job on Run the Bluegrass. Are you girls ready for Run a Girl Recommends? Sure. Yeah. All right. Okay, Megan, what is your recommend this week? My recommend this week is something one of the girls in an online group recommended. It's called Avatar Nutrition. And for $10 a month, they give you like personalized macronutrient plans to help you, whatever your goals are. They have them for weight loss or muscle building or maintenance. And I got on the scale yesterday and I am the officially the heaviest I've ever been. So I was feeling kind of bad about that. Oh, I'm sure most of it's muscle from all that running you've been doing. I don't know. Yeah, you know, until my clothes don't fit. So I was feeling kind of sad about that. (laughs) And um, I decided I was officially going to do something about losing weight. And really, it's just I have to track what I eat. I've been eating like junk and not really paying attention. Like one day last weekend, I ate a whole package of cookies by myself on the couch. Were they good? Oh, yeah, they were so good. They were like Chips Ahoy thin, so they weren't like super uh, like bad for you. They were thin <laughs> and crunchy, so there were less cookie there. And that would have been good if I would have eaten them in moderation. But when you eat the whole package in one day, That's the thing it doesn't about help. Eating sugar is. Oh my God, is it addictive? Like it is as addictive as like drugs. It is it's crazy. Like you have a little bit of sugar and then your body is instantly craving more. Like I'm just, I'm eating this bite of chocolate and I'm like, I want more. <laughs> anyway, you go. <laughs> yes. So no, I totally get it because I was like, oh, these are so good. So they uh, will set up like your macros for you is what they call it. And then they also have like a bank of recipes and everything so i'm officially going to start tracking food which is good because i have never done that so it's like nutrition guidance yes cool and i figure for ten dollars a month like that really is not that bad a deal and there's a whole website and they have a facebook page and everything too i never heard of this company avatar nutrition i hadn't either and then i saw that there were people who were like somebody recommended it and she said for $10 a month, I was like, what? Okay. Like that's right in my price price range. And we'll see. I mean, it's on a month to month basis. So I can always cancel it if I don't like it. I'm just looking at the website here and it has diet plans and like food tracking and training videos. And then I was reading the part about goal oriented focus It says, when you set a goal, we expect you to reach it. If progress comes too slowly or dangerously fast, Avatar will adapt and put you back on track to sustainable results. So that's interesting. I wonder how they do that. Because you track your weight every day. So you do like a body weight, like once a week, they have you Mm -hmm. updated onto the website and you put your weight in and then you put like your body fat percentage, if you know it, or they gave like a calculator to estimate it. You measure your neck and your waist and your hips, and they kind of estimate a body fat percentage around that, which, while not perfect, especially for me, just it doesn't, you know, because it goes based on like your inches is all you're measuring. Right. So if you have a booty, it's going to think you have higher body fat percentage or that it's bad body fat. So, and then you, it gives you that and then it sees how you're progressing. And so if you lose weight too much, then it'll like fix it for you. Yeah. Cause I always have that problem. <laughs> losing, well, losing too much weight. <laughs> I'd love that problem. <laughs> right. Well, I figure it's if they put you, if you actually follow the calorie counts, cause they do your macros for you too. And so I figure if you do, you follow what they're telling you to eat and the calories and everything, and you're losing a lot, they'll fix it and be like, whoa, 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 you need to eat more. So you don't lose like five pounds a week. Oh, that's really cool. So have you, um, have you started with them yet or are you just looking into it now? I started with them today though. So I haven't got to use them as much maybe as like will be useful to give good feedback, but the calories and stuff they gave me is right around what I've been seeing from the online calculators. Nice. But I like the benefit of having other people and, somebody who actually like gives it like and people checking it 
yes. Instead of just checking in and if it's the motivation I need to actually do it because I've calculated my macros 10 times and have never tracked them. (laughs) I've downloaded multiple times and haven't done it yet. So I figure since I'm paying for it, maybe that'll keep me like actually doing it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let us know how it goes. All right. I have a tar nutrition. Katie, what is your recommend this week? My recommend this week is something that I first experienced at Run the Bluegrass a few years ago, and it is Sword Energy Drink. And the energy is kind of misleading, okay? It's not like Red Bull or anything like that. It's more of an endurance drink. Think like Gatorade. Yes. But it's a powdered mix, so you can kind of tailor the amount water ratio of course to your taste to your needs that kind of thing they have it out there at all of the water stops for run the bluegrass so you really get to not only taste it but test it out and see how your body handles it and it tastes really good the flavor that they have at run the bluegrass this year was a berry flavor but it's not overpowering for me I don't like a whole lot of Gatorades because they're like really sweet or I don't know like the flavors are just off to me I don't think of them as being thirst quenching like their slogan lies you know it it doesn't really do much for me I know it's replacing some things that you're losing as far as sodiums and things rather than just water but you can do water and salt packets if you don't like that anyway sword is a good alternative if you're looking for an endurance strength or fuel instead of just water on long runs because again you do get to mix it yourself so kind of the cost is better than just buying outright Gatorade you know exactly how much you're putting in there and to me the flavor is a lot better because it's not overly sweet even with that berry flavor that they had at Run the Bluegrass. So um, something to look into. They do have a website, which of course we'll link in our show notes and you can scout that out and see what you think about it and order online if it's something you're interested in. Awesome. I'm looking it up and it's like looking at the prices and stuff and it's pretty reasonably priced, $250 for a single package and then $30 for a large package with I'm trying to figure out how many um, servings, but I can't find that information. Anyway, looks good, and, and, it's, and you said it tastes really good, so. Mm-hmm. Cool. Sword Endurance Mix. Haven't heard of that either. Lots of new stuff today. My recommend is, unfortunately, not something that I've tried yet, but something that I saw on Pinterest, and I was like, oh my god, I have to have those. <laughs> um, so this is a pair of running shorts called Swift Shorts by Sunita Athletics. And I first of all, what drew me to them was the pattern. I just loved the floral pattern on them. But a cool feature is it's a, basically like a lightweight short, but it's covering like a compression layer underneath. And in the um, side of the compression shorts, there's like built-in pockets for like your phone or whatever so if you like look in the pictures it will show like it easily fits like the size of a you know one of the large iPhones in there but it also has on the back a zippered pocket and then there's also like a hidden key pocket and I love <laughs> pockets because I don't like to carry anything extra I'm you know, I'm always getting rid of stuff during races I'm like get rid of my jacket get rid of my gloves like I don't want to carry any extra weight if I don't have to so the idea of having lots of pockets and not having to wear a running belt is very appealing plus they're really pretty and they're only 24 bucks so they're not very expensive compared to some other high-end athletic clothing. And so what drew me to the website was the shorts, but I saw, like, I started looking around, and a lot of their stuff is really nice, like really pretty patterns, and lots of, again, lots of pockets on everything. So so I'm definitely looking into getting some of those shorts and interested in this company for the future for running clothes. Yeah, I'm browsing their website right now. And I mean, all of their stuff is really reasonably priced. That's cool, Sue. Thanks. I looked to Sue and I was so excited because it looked really nice. And for $24, I was like, that's a really good price. 
Yeah. And I was intrigued by the underneath compression layer and then the kind of covering layer over top because I don't necessarily like compression layers because I feel like it is very tight. Yes. <laughs> revealing, maybe. Yes, that's the word I was going for. Very revealing. <laughs> so I don't wear those a lot, especially while running. And then sometimes they ride up. But I think with the other layer, it's not so bad. Yeah. And like you, I hate having to carry a belt. The flip belt is less obtrusive than most running belts. But just the, having less in general for me is good. <laughs> well, I found that a bunch of stuff seems to press like right on my bladder. Really? And so, yeah. And I don't know if it's where I wear it and I need to wear it higher. But when I wear belts, they press on my bladder and it's been causing like bathroom issues. Oh. So that's, I've found um, during marathon training. I was like, why? And I ran. And then when I stopped marathon training and ran shorter runs without a belt, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this feels so much better. Must be the belt. <laughs> Interesting. I've never, I've never heard that before with it pressing on your bladder. Because isn't your bladder like low? Well, maybe mine's in a different spot than you. I've had babies. <laughs> I don't know if things move around in there. <laughs> See, and I wear mine kind of low, like more on my hips. Yeah. Like lower down or on my, what, colon? Is that what it's called? Yes. Intestines. Intestines, Yeah. I don't think you wear it on your colon. <laughs> well, I was trying to think in that general area what they were yeah. called. But down lower, it so causes like... <laughs> your lower abdomen. Yes. Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, anyway, so the, the company is Sunita Athletics, and they have lots of really pretty functional athletic clothing. So check them out if you need um, or want pretty new pretty clothes like I do. All right, so that wraps up Recommends. Up next, we have Runner Girl of the Week. All right, Katie, who is our Runner Girl of the Week this week? Our Runner Girl this week is Denise Rounds from Oklahoma. And Denise had a run earlier this week uh, where she wrote, had stopped workout following run a few weeks ago due to left hip pain. It's much better, so starting up again with great caution. Easy does it. And, you know, so many of us have dealt with injuries over the course of our running, a.k.a. careers, I guess. But, um, you know, Denise is no different, and, and I was just really happy to see that she is coming back from that, you know, not one to hang up the tennis shoes just because you suffer an injury, but really just getting out there and, and getting some more miles in. So good job, Denise. Hope that you are feeling well and that all is healing. Definitely easy does it, but but glad to see you back out there. Yeah, Absolutely. Nice job taking it easy and, and working your way back in gradually. That's the smart thing to do. Not always the way that I do it, but that's the smart <laughs> way. So great job, Denise. We choose our Runner Girl of the Week from our Daily Mile, Smash Run, and Strava feeds. If you'd like to friend us and possibly be a future Runner Girl or guy, all of those links are on the sidebar of our website at runnergirlspodcast.com. <laughs> And I think that brings us to the end of the show. Megan, do you have a quote for us? I do. And I saw it on Pinterest today, and I really liked it. And it's from Socrates, it says. I'm not sure about the legitness of that, but (laughs) we know how the internet is. But we'll, uh, we'll find out, I think. It says, it is a shame for a woman to grow old without ever seeing the strength and beauty of which her body is capable. And I think about that because running shows a lot of strength and beauty. Yeah. And I like it. I find that running is making my body better looking. (laughs) Like, oh, I have calf muscles now. And, um, oh, I have quadriceps. The other day I was um, using the stick on my sore quads. And I was feeling like this, this lump, like this lump, like right down the front of my leg. 
and it was all like swollen and I was like what the heck why is it all swollen like that and I was it took me a minute to realize like oh that's actually my muscle it's not swollen it's just there now (laughs) so so yeah I I agree I think it's cool to see that our bodies can be strong and beautiful and I think running brings that out so I don't know if it was Socrates that said that I mean how do we know who was around then back when Socrates <laughs> was alive? Oh. I guess there was probably written history, right? But I can't wait a little bit. <laughs> but I can't imagine Socrates talking about women. I mean... Like, really? <laughs> Especially because women back then didn't do a whole lot of, like, strength things. But, you know, men admired women even back then. So it's possible. <laughs> I don't think strong women... I think, like, I don't know, pretty quick. <laughs> well, we'll just have to have um, somebody correct us on whether Socrates said that or not. <laughs> that is it for episode 12 of season 5. Join us next time when we will be talking about cycling in our cross-training series. If you have any questions, email runnergirlspodcast at gmail.com, post on facebook.com slash runnergirlspodcast, Tweet to us at Runner Girls Show. Call the hotline at 207-200-3297. And follow us on Instagram at Runner Girls Podcast. Listen to us at RunnerGirlsPodcast.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. Thanks for listening. Now go outside and run.